so yeah, so they're having this argument about smoking the bandit, and it uh, causes Mister Craft to, uh, to, to my shock anyway, to throw the first punch. We've yeah. never seen Mister Craft. I wouldn't say he's a cowardly character, but he's a bit weedy, and he's very he's he's not he, pow- he doesn't he doesn't ooze physical prowess. He doesn't, he doesn't ooze masculinity really. He just he just oh whoa 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 mustache does oh, oh mustache yeah. sorry and let's not equate masculinity with violence no oh, no 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 that no, is no toxic masculinity straight off the bat Phil get yeah. with the times man get with the times. <laughs> That is toxic masculinity. You know, no, you're right though. He, yeah, doesn't seem aggressive, and obviously his younger hippie self would not be pleased mm. with him. And also, Carlton is is so much more um, brash and confident mm. as well. Like you would think, you would think it would be him that would instigate instigate fisticuffs. So yeah, they just have a fight, and they've got each other in the headlocks and throwing each other around the restaurant. And it's it's very funny to see Mister Craft fight Mister Craft. It's it's kind of like playing. Street Fighter or Tekken or something like that and you've selected the same character but one of you's got a slight costume change. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three voluptuous, volatile vixens review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Wow! Uh, my name is Phil, I'm your host and guide through this wonderfully uh, love-riddled, divine Valentine's Day special, even though we're recording it in March, uh, but I'm joined by my two lovely friends. Uh, first of all, it's Mr. Gray Riley. Hello, Gray. Hi, Phil. Valentine's Day. Uh, never cared for it, or rather, it's never cared for me. Oh, shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, this episode, it was it was madcap, it was zany, um, it, it, it was all things that sometimes are a bit too much for us. It kind of landed in the middle, I think, uh, this time. I think there was some of the zaniness I appreciated, some of it um, really, you know, Got on my tits a bit, so uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh, delve into it, and I look forward to it. We certainly will. And now uh, joined uh, by my other close friend, who has not been on a hiatus because he was in the last episode. His name is Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. How are you, my friend? I, I, I'm not too bad. I just want to bring notes. Something you previously said mm-hmm. uh love riddled makes it sound like we've got vd yes so just right. just highlighting that we oh. don't have venereal diseases or san- sexually oh I, I thought we just made no we just were riddled with love we've got so much love no, it's riddled's not, not a good word it's not a good word okay unless so, so, you are the riddler riddled is not a good okay, word okay so, so what so what sort of word should i use instead of riddled none no love lawn Love lawn. Or, or, yeah. or, or filled with love or desire. Something like that. Okay. Not 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 riddled. Not riddled. Can you not be ill with love? Like you can be love sick. Well you can, no, no, but yeah, you can. It's not good, is it? Yeah, yeah. love sick isn't a positive. Okay. Love lawn though. Yes. Love lawn. Love, love lawn, lawn is okay. fine. Always stay away from riddled and addled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, I do apologise for giving uh, any of our listeners the wrong impression. No, we're, we're, we're not riddled with anything apart from banter. Can I use it in that sense? Uh, oh, we are we are infested with banter. Banter yeah, is yeah. oozing out of our pores. Yeah, we are sick with we banter. We are sick with banter. <laughs> our banter is sick. Yes. <laughs> I love Chris's. <laughs> Uh, that, so that's just that's all the banter wanting to come out. Yeah. Of course, it <laughs> that's is, yeah. the banter wanting to come out. We've got to get going, Phil. It's a medical emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, so, I'm just going to vomit banter all over your living room. And yeah. I don't think that would be 
conducive for anyone. Yeah, there was a lot. There'd be a lot to wipe up, wouldn't there? <laughs> oh, oh boy, yes. Oh yes. boy, yes. Uh, so yeah, as we said, this episode is not riddled with love. No, it is a lawn of love. Uh, if I've used it in the right sense, I don't know. <laughs> it's a front lawn of love. Just watch that grass grow. <laughs> well, the grass can be it can symbolise sort of uh, blossoming what? love. Grass so yes, please. Blossom. So we'll, we'll we'll start from the very beginning. So hello and welcome. <laughs> To my backyard of love, my. Uh... Oh no! It's no, just got worse. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that that one. I admit. All this talk about love has got us not only giddy, but also uh, sort of uh, love and not riddled that sort. We're of We're riddled with unprofessionalism. <laughs> yeah, yes, we are. We, we are riddled certainly. with unprofessionalism. Okay. And that is the correct way to use riddled. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, this episode is uh, set on Valentine's Day because uh, it is called Sabrina. The Matchmaker, episode 16 of season three, this is. Uh, in this episode, uh, Cupid kind of gives her a bit of an ultimatum uh, he, because uh, she tried to ruin Mr. Kraft and Zelda's love life in a previous episode. He said, you must bring two people together on Valentine- or before Valentine's Day or risk dire consequences. What are those consequences, chaps? Uh, picking up later on uh, the other realm highway. Yeah, yep. with, with lots of murderers and drunks. Yeah. Yep. Lovely. Yeah. Which is a terrible, terrible way to uh, stereotype the prison population, unless in the other realm uh, the justice system is actually fair, unlike in America. Yeah, maybe. Although based on what we've seen of other realm uh, bureaucracy and uh, legal uh, process, I don't think it is. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before we do crack into this episode, champs, so was it a lovely episode, this one? Um, I don't think lovely was the right thing. I mean, we've had some good romantic moments in this uh, season so far, uh, but this, this one just sort of, yeah, just... Got some good old sort of crazy Hilda and Zelda competing, uh, Mr. Kraft competing with himself, which uh, I enjoyed. Uh, the the standard other realm meets mortal realm. Yeah. And something else we've not had in a very long time is um, a cameo from a sports person who really can't act. Uh, <laughs> yes. Which, uh, which, is, which is nice. <laughs> very enjoyable. Very enjoyable, yeah. Uh, and as well, what another thing we've not had for a long uh, while is anyone uh, anyone's from the maintenance uh, department, whether it's mortal or other realm. We uh, does does a revolve around uh, a meal, the plumber. Yeah, uh, the uh, yeah the handyman is uh, quite a uh, common recurring character, and they're always very charming. Um, this show we've accused it of being snobby sometimes, but it always portrays the, the the working man in and woman in a um, the working person. Working person, thank th- uh, th- thank you, so, um, Chris, our inclusivity uh, advisor. You were um, almost riddled with insensitivity. I, then. I was, I was, I apologise. Um, so yeah, work, working people like the working class. There we go. That's what I was going to say. The, ser- the, ser- the, ser- the service industry. Yes. Are portrayed very positively. Those portrayed as intelligent, charming people. So I guess you know that there's not as much snobbery sometimes as we accuse the show of having. What I did like was was the um, il- uh, the, the the fact that I like well, that as well. Mm. What I did like was at the start, of the, at the top of the episode, it was uh, Cousin Marigold was coming to talk about the family secret. I enjoyed that because I was like, oh my God, maybe we're going to get an episode wholly about the family secret. No. No, no. Um, but, I mean, that was sort of... They kind of made up with that where when uh, they did the callback to a couple of episodes ago, showing that there is actually some sort of progression and ramp... So, sorry? Some sort of progression, yes, and ramifications of Sabrina's actions. S- sorry, what? Ramifications. Oh, I was trying to get ramifications. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sabrina's action. Yeah, so at least at least they said, oh, at the very start of the episode, oh, Marigold's going to come and discuss the family secrets. Yeah. So we were expecting it. So when it was shoe, the clue itself was shoehorned, at the very end, we were expecting it. So I guess we were okay with it. Great point, Chris. Uh, Graeme, you raised your hand very nicely then. If I, if, <coughs> if, if I may say. You, you may. There were also... Um, some callbacks to season one, obviously not not only with just characters returning, but a good amount of consistency in 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 their behaviour, mm. and it really made me realise that quite a, a rich tapestry hath been woven now. Indeed, uh, in, in the three seasons, it's a show which not always, but on a fair amount of occasion, has a vast sort of realm built and uh, iconography that it can draw upon and I think it did that very well in this episode. Hypothetically speaking, I mean most people out there uh, say season three is by far the best season. Are we saying that season three could potentially be the best season because it's got two seasons worth of iconography to call back on and that's what makes season three so good? I think so because the third and fourth seasons of TV shows very often are Mm. acclaimed as uh, the the best because obviously you know the first season a bit of finding your feet mm. second season sort of settling, refine it refine yeah, refine it sort of set, settling into you know groove what works what doesn't and then the third one is where it all uh, comes together all coalesces into a same with the bands often their third album is quite often seen as the yeah. best things like that um, so yeah I think I think so I think probably the fact that the confidence that um, two successful seasons give you. But if it's a good concept, you'll probably still have ideas for it and you'll probably still have things that haven't been played off together and mixed together yet, which you haven't tried still. And you will know how those characters would interact and mm-hmm. how those characters would reach those situations because you've fleshed them out well. I think, yeah, that, that means a third season very often is the best season of a show and that's probably why people say that about Sabrina. So the episode opens with a beautiful romantic verse by Sabrina. Roses are red. Violets are blue. You remind me of primordial goo. Yeah. Why primordial goo? Because it rhymes with you and it's slightly offensive, but enough to get by on just a family kids show. What she should have said was roses are red, violets are blue, generally green. Where the fuck are you? <laughs> she's not been she's not been in it for ages. I thought, she... oh good, we're gonna see some Libby in this episode, but no. She's just she's just referred to. We get multiple scenes in school. It's there's not even Valerie. It's just Sabrina and Harvey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Where are you, Jelly Green? Yeah. Salem then shows off his ironic time traveling powers by asking Sabrina if she'd still love Harvey if he was bald. <gasps> now, anybody who has followed the career of Mister Nate Richard uh, to the present day knows that um, he is uh, currently a very a very ruggedly uh, handsome. Follically challenged. Follically, oh yes, follically challenged Mm. individual. Salem then cries out about becoming a chrome dome. Nice. If we were still doing that so 90s, it'd probably be that. Uh, Because he keeps molting. So Sabrina zaps on some Donald Trump's tumbleweed toupee onto his head. Yes. Nice Mm -hmm. little uh, beautiful wisps there. Uh, The titles roll and she's a surfer chick. Yeah, that's yeah, that is correct. So, and yeah. she says, uh, "No channel surfing." Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. no relevance to the episode though. Should yeah. have been dressed as a plumber. Yeah, yeah. And what, what would she say though? If she was dressed as a plumber. I guess like, hope this episode doesn't drain you. We want you to laugh at this episode, but don't force it. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 oh. 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 
less double points because we don't have that word over here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. And this is why Graham gets paid the big bucks. Or, or she could have uh, she could have uh, gone with a. Uh, you're ready to take the plunge. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. We're still upstairs in the Spellman house, and just as Sabrina leaves her room, you she... look a little flushed. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That one. was a simple one. Yeah. We missed it. Uh, so sorry. Sorry. And no, it's fine. It's fine. We're still upstairs in the Spellman house, and just as Sabrina leaves her room, she almost gets a flaming arrow in the flaming eye. It's an angry note from Cupid, who, despite not being there, tells her that because she messed up with the laws of love by trying to split up Mr. Craft and Zelda, she must bring two people together. Or else. We head into the kitchen where we learn that Salem has a very smooth, hairless anus. Oh, and we also learn that Hilda has a date for Valentine's Day. A poor bloke called Carlton. So, uh, yeah, nice bit of realm building. Sorry, hashtag realm building when it comes to hashtag Sam's arse. Yeah, um, yeah, he says, oh my god, I really am losing my hair. Oh wait, that's my butt. We don't see said butt. We've had Popo, uh, we've had the thermometer going in there. It's been a surprisingly... At least once per season there's been a reference to, to it. And that's probably the best we can hope for. So I appreciated getting our once per season reference to Salem's arsehole. And this time it helped us picture... Uh, what what may be there? So, Indeed. Uh, I mean, I I have a cat, and the cat does tend to like to walk all over you, especially yes. if you like lying down. And I have a uh, number of times had my cat's arsehole like inches away from my face. I can tell you, it it's it's not pretty. No, but I still want to see Salem's. <laughs> yeah, because I want to see it accurately depicted on a puppet. Yes, that's all. I want to know it. if it's animatronic, if it moves. Yeah, exactly. It moves like it's you talking. mean if the, the sphincter is functional? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sphincter is functional. That's what I want to know. We're, we're not perverts, okay? We just <laughs> well, like fillers. We just like good animatronics. We do. That's all. <laughs> we, no, we we like accurate animatronics. Accurate, yes, animatronics. realistic, go. believable, proper like uh, animatronics. I can get behind. Hey, hey! <laughs> Wasn't good with the bathroom puns, but uh, yeah. the bum puns, I'm all bum over puns. them. Bum Hashtag bum puns. Uh, we're in school where we quickly gloss over an openly gay off-screen couple. Well, do we? Well, we did initially, but the audience, uh, they think it's funny, don't they? They, they do. do. I mean, yeah, so yeah, the, the, the scenario, um, uh, Serena's desperate to set up a couple, um, they pass... Um, they pass two guys talking. You do actually see them. They're not entirely off screen. Um, and uh, Sabrina says to Harvey, uh, "Is that guy dating anybody?" And then uh, Harvey goes, "And there's even a bit of like mm-hmm, in his voice Ooh. when he says it, like yeah. he's dating that guy." And then um, and there's yeah. about two members of the audience just go, <laughs> "Yeah, two homophobic pricks in the audience who find the very existence of homosexuality hilarious here in 1999." Um, yeah, go <laughs> so. In a way, inclusivity, good. In another way, I think it was meant to be a bit of a joke because of the way that Nate Richard delivers it. Yeah. And also some people laughed at it. So. I don't I don't think there's any aggression in the way no, that no, no. in the way that it's delivered, but it's definite aggression from the way the audience laughed at it. I, I, I wanna take us down a different different route for this one now, chaps. How about this as the scenario so that we're, we're not looking at homophobia in that way or aggression or laughing mm-hmm. at it? Uh, do you think that guy's dating anyone? I think he's dating that guy. Nate Richard appreciating that couple's privacy mm-hmm. in the hushed tone and the laughter 
is about Nate Rich's delivery of that guy because he does pull a funny face. So not laughing at homosexuality. Or maybe even satirising people's discomfort with homosexuality. Maybe, yeah. You could even go for... So it, it could work on a number of levels. But the audience laughed. Yes. But compa- compared with how some comedy in 1999 dealt with homosexuality... Nothing too terrible. So Harvey uh, has got a reservation at Le Petit Chien, the little dog, and he says, it's really great, but the worst thing is, there's no salad bar. And he says that by hugging Sabrina like, oh, you're not going to have anything to eat. Because, as we know, women don't eat meat. No, they only eat salad. And men men don't eat healthily. Like, <laughs> they hate salad. So um, so again, yeah. in, in similar sense to the uh, to the, the, the line before, are we, am I looking too into that, or is that... A joke, because it's, it's a joke that's repeated later on, going, there's no salad bar. Yeah, it's a weird, weird one. Um, uh, yeah, we, we've also all missed something. If it, if the restaurant's called The Little Dog, Harvey gets turned into a little dog later on. Oh, oh my God! My God. And, and is that... I yeah. So, the, yeah. so Sabrina still gets to spend her time at The Little Dog? <laughs> oh, oh! We missed that. Hawk. Hawk. Um, yeah. Winning! Right. That's right. <laughs> you are riddled with observations, yeah. Chris. Uh, we learn that Valerie is still dating Justin Thumb. Yep, again, though, don't see either of them. Yeah, don't see any of them, but we hear about them and that they're apparently still happy and together. Yeah. £10 says, two episodes time, they're not together. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows, because we've seen Valerie multiple times without uh, Justin, so... Uh, but apparently they're still together this whole time, so maybe it's just a pretense that they're going to keep up, even though we never see them together ever again. Yeah, but at least for now we know that she is firmly under the thumb. Uh, We're in the kitchen, and not only is Salem wearing a shower cap filled with cornbread batter, uh, we learn that Cousin Marigold and her vile children are coming over to discuss the family secret. Hilda runs off to Paris, and Zelda just runs away, openly uh, disgusted at their uh, cousin's arrival. Uh, Sabrina doesn't have a chance to run away, however, because the magic doorbell goes, and it's a brand new Cousin Marigold. An actor, to be honest, I wouldn't have known because it's so long since we've seen her. I can't remember what the original uh, cousin Marigold looked like. Yeah, yeah I, I remember not... and Robin Riker was her Robin name. Robin Riker, uh, that's yeah. right, a cool yeah. name. Yeah. I liked this portrayal of of cousin Marigold better because she was a bit more likable. She was too much of a stuck up uh, whatnot in the last time we saw yeah, her. Yeah, I think yeah, it really does do it more. You sort of, I think she still has faults. Her main fault, her main fault is bad parenting, though. I think <laughs> rather than anything else, like she herself doesn't seem too much of a snob. As much as just somebody from a from a different world who can't relate to to the mortal realm, mm-hmm. yeah. Following closely behind cousin Marigold is her youngest Ali and her most dangerous Amanda. Who last time we saw her, she turned Sabrina into a Dali. Do you remember in the doll's house? Yeah. Yes. And, I, do, uh, I do recall. Yeah, yes. we do. It was horrible. Uh, it doesn't take long for the Wiccan girls to cause chaos as they manage to flood Sabrina's bathroom. Yes, you heard that right. Sabrina's bathroom. We've only got a bloody new set, boys! Yay! Yay! Up until this, the main question I've had in my mind watching every episode of Sabrina is, but nobody goes to the toilet! Um, now we've yeah. seen it. Well, yeah. still nobody's gone to the toilet, but that's every other TV show for the most part as well. Yeah, uh, but, and every single movie ever made. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at, yeah. least, at least we know they have a place for it, uh, this lovely waterproof set. Uh, it's quite a nice, just simple bathroom, but it does the job. It's a nice, generous size, I think. We don't know which room the bathroom is above, but there was no water damage downstairs, was there? No. I would probably suggest that's the... It is 
somewhere on the other side of the stairs. It could just be leaking into the dungeon, maybe. Well, that would require it to be on the first yeah. floor. Yeah, we will true. be publishing our schematic of the uh, Spellman <laughs> House on uh, on Twitter soon for you all to see. <laughs> ha- hashtag schematic. Oh, nice word. From a new set to a new piece, we meet friendly yet dangerously touchy-feely divorced father, Emil, who takes a shine to Marigold almost instantly. How do we know that he's divorced? He mentions it. He says, since the divorce, he's had to take his little boy out on jobs with him. Little ah, son, his little son, Bobby. Uh, um, he also tries to pimp his son out to, uh, <laughs> the, uh, to the little girl, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes, indeed. It was, yeah. you'd be right for my boy, Barbie. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was Robbie. 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 Yeah, Robbie, yeah. yeah. Bobby to his friends. Bobby to his friends. Robbie to his dad. <laughs> Emil asks her to grip his wrench and pull it towards her. And what Hello. do you know? She gets squirted in the face. She then splashes him. He then grabs her neck and shoves it very closely to his crotch. But thankfully, it's just to get more water in her you face. Say thankfully. I mean, he's still really so aggressive with her. <laughs> he's and... so aggressive and so, just so comfortable with her, despite... Well, they're both quite comfortable with each other, despite only just meeting. And he's like... Let me choke slam you. Well, it starts off like flirty play fighting, but yeah, it gets a it gets gets a bit full on, like yeah. a bit, a bit, yeah. I mean, he he starts he tries to waterboard her by holding her face in front of the water. He then grabs the shower head, and she grabs. I think it's the the the, the plunger. Yeah. So she she's gonna have a crack over his head, and 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 he's trying to just like drown her in the face. It's not like he's holding the shower head. Like, at a, at a dress or something. Even so, work t-shirt contest. What's he doing? Is he over-sexualising this? So many ways. It's Stand. a weird scene, folks. A weird, weird scene. Yeah, they do this big sort of water fight. They oddly somehow make the room and themselves even wetter. And we cut downstairs where Emil's son is just about to be turned into a salamander. Where the super plumber claims he has fixed the bathroom. Just don't use the toilet. Ever, he jokes. It's not fucking fixed then, is it? They're, they're very dishevelled and very... Oh. But very flustered, very flustered, or flushed, or flushed. They, 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 they had a lot, they had a lot of a lot of weird fun, <laughs> and I'm sure there are some people, and we're not kink shaming. We're not a kink shaming podcast who really get off on squirting each other. I mean, of course, our sponsors, uh, Kink Inc. Kink, Inc. Yeah, Kink exactly. Inc. So you know, we'd be very hypocritical if we did, but some people probably do get off on squirting each other with water, and maybe they are two such people. Well, I mean, regardless, after 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 fooling around in the drink, uh, he wipes some schmuck off Marigold's face. He does say schmuck. Yeah. He's later revealed to have an Italian surname, though. Yeah, and Andronini. Andronini, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought, oh, so he's Jewish, and then perhaps he's Italian, maybe not. I mean, I'm surprised. Obviously, his name is Emil Andronini. I, I imagine if Frank Conniff wrote this episode, he'd be called Emil Fawan or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Don't give him ideas. Um, <laughs> Graham, this this show has already been on TV. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to remake this episode, though. Yeah, so he wipes some schmuck off Marigold's face, almost leaves without his son, and then buggers off. She won't see him again, so she won't chase after him. So Sabrina makes him return and forces the two grown adults to date each other, just so she can get out of her punishment. Uh, love is in the air as it's Valentine's Day, and Hilda and Zelda are wearing the same outfit. But it's not as if they're going to the same restaurant. The little dog is getting some customs and plugging this evening. Yeah. Why is this the first we're hearing of the little dog? 
I don't know, I mean, eating establishments come and fucking go, don't they? A custard steakhouse, where's that now? <laughs> uh, true, yeah. Uh, uh, the pizzeria, that's gone, isn't it? Yeah, Slicery's, yeah. Slicery's, Slicery's gone. Yeah. yeah, That's re- been rebranded. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I believe the cafeteria's even been rebranded at one point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was an arcade yes. at one point. Yeah, it was <laughs> an arcade at one point, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, we find them both in the restaurant where they're waiting for their fellas to park their cars. Mr. Kraft comes in fuming as he got run over by a man in a Porsche... That man being Carlton, Hilda's date, who is just Mr. Kraft, but he's traded his glasses for a gohotty. Yeah, it, it was funny uh, that the date turned out to just be Martin Mull uh, with a gohotty. But I uh, can't hear the word Carlton without expecting, nay hoping, it will mm. be Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah, he, yeah. As ridiculous as that would be, <laughs> as unlikely as that would be, I think I would know if there'd been a Sabrina Fresh Prince crossover yeah. episode. <laughs> Carlton's great because he's just he just rubs him up the wrong way. He keeps calling uh, Mr. Craft uh, Wilbur and Willie. Walter, I think, at one point. We quickly jump back home where Emile is almost bludgeoned to death by magical floating iron. Uh, We then skip back to the La Petitian where Willard and Carlton are trying to outstake each other. So uh, quite, quite literally outstake each other. So Mr. Kraft says, "I'll have the fourteen-ounce steak," and Carlton says, "Well, I'll have the sixteen-ounce steak." You didn't let me finish. Tell me about your hams. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant men never did dick measuring contest <laughs> with steak. Oh, God. Oh, it's just brilliant. Just, yeah, brilliant. I mean, it's yeah. like, get them out already, yeah. chaps. Just lay it on the line. Martin Moore was in rare form in this episode. You might say medium rare form oh, in this episode. Oh, well done. Oh, well done. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, back home and Sabrina's trying to prepare a romantic meal for a meal and Marigold. But suddenly the doorbell goes and it's Harvey putting his foot down and demanding that he and Sab spend Valentine's Day together. Just because he was going to go out with his mum instead and his mum's going out with the dad. Is she still pregnant or is she giving birth? No, she gave birth. She gave birth. She gave birth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Harvey was trying to find the best diaper delivery. He was. Yes. That, that, yes. Yeah. You were just checking, weren't you, because you deeply disapprove of pregnant women being out in public. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just checking, you know. Yeah, you know I've yeah, got my yeah. views and I want to make sure that my <laughs> yeah. views aren't made up. Marigold thinks this is a wonderful idea. Uh, oh, and she zaps in a baseball player to the kitchen who is instructed to kill a live chicken by a viciously hairy Salem. A baseball player... Steve Sachs. This is Steve Sachs. And um, I recognise that name. The reason that has any significance at all to anybody who doesn't give a shit about baseball is that he is one of the baseball players um, that Mr. Burns recruits to his all-star team in the uh, softball episode of The Simpsons. Oh, Um, He ends up with a badly broken jaw. So, uh, there you go. Well done, Steve Sachs. We salute you. And his acting is dreadful, but... I he's like, given a lot more to play with. Though. Oh, I like how yes. underplayed it is. The fact his name isn't even mentioned until the point where I was like, is that even an actual famous baseball player? He's acting so bad, he can't be a professional actor. <laughs> and then only in the credits, I was like, okay, Steve Sachs. But that was really charming because he's just like, uh, he's he's been spoken to by a really hairy Salem who left on his, his uh, cornbread batter on for too long. Yeah, he is riddled with hair. He's riddled with hair. That he's... is the correct use of that. Yeah, and the, throughout the rest of this episode, he bakes a pie and he brings in decaf coffee. Yeah. And he, yeah, he just he, he just helps around the house. I think he's lovely. Well, it seems like a lov- lovely dude. Yeah, because. I, 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 what what happens is he, he turns up and he asks, have I been hit in the head by a foul, foul ball? And they just say, yeah. And he was like, okay. So she says, so enjoy the buzz. Yeah, enjoy the buzz. And he's like, fair enough. If this is if this is where my mind has taken me, I shall uh, shall dive in. 
Because we all know, particularly in 1999, I mean, concussions were hilarious. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yes. Uh, they were a good time. I mean, being hit by what is effectively a rock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, imagine the buzz, you know, the blood yeah. leaving your brain. Back in Le Petit Chien and Willard and Carlton are arguing about whether Smokey and the Bandit is really regarded as one of the all-time <laughs> greatest movies, which sends Mr. Kraft over the edge. He is livid. <laughs> it's fantastic, especially when you know that his favourite film of all time is Billy Jack as well. Yeah. Makes it even funny. It would have been... Do you reckon it would have been funny if he did say, um, if they were arguing about whether Billy Jack was, was Well, no, I film. think... It's, yeah, it's just, it's just the idea that, I don't know, like, Smokey and the Bandit... I've never seen it, but it, it's a, it, it's quite a sort of like a, a well sort of beloved film today. But I don't think it's considered any kind of like cinematic masterpiece. It's just yeah, just just a perfect film for Mr. Craft to lose his mind over. <laughs> I mean, if they were talking about like uh, which film is better, Smokey and the Bandit or Billy Jack, I, I think that would have been funnier and would have given uh, Willard a little bit more to play with. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, and you and can you imagine that it possibly could have spawned a very late a fifth movie, you know, maybe because at the turn of the millennium we had a lot of versus films, didn't we? So maybe mm. we could have had Billy Jack versus Smokey and the Bandit. Who played Billy Jack? Your mum. <laughs> the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> right. She did. She, she did. was very good. So yeah, so yeah, Michelle Dean and um, and Burt Reynolds crossing paths yeah would be very good so yeah so they're having this argument about smoking the bandit and it uh, causes Mr. Kraft to uh, to to my shock anyway to throw the first punch we've yeah. never seen Mr. Kraft I wouldn't say he's a cowardly character but he's a bit weedy and he's very he's he's not he, pow- he doesn't he doesn't ooze physical prowess he doesn't use masculinity, really. He just, he just. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! His mustache does. Oh, his oh, mustache, yeah. mustache does. Sorry. And let's not equate masculinity with violence. No, oh, no, 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 that no, is no. Toxic masculinity straight off the bat, Phil. Get yeah. with the times, man. Get with the times. Yeah, straight off of Steve Sachs's bat. That is, <laughs> that is toxic masculinity. You know, no, you're right though. He, yeah, he doesn't seem aggressive, and obviously his younger hippie self would not be pleased mm. with him. And also, Carlton is is so much more um, brash and confident mm. as well. Like you would think, you would think it would be him that would instigate instigate fisticuffs. So yeah, they just have a fight, and they've got each other in the headlocks and throwing each other around the restaurant. And it's it's very funny to see Mister Kraft fight Mister Kraft. It's it's kind of like playing. Street Fighter or Tekken or something like that, and you've selected the same character, but one of you's got a slight costume change. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's good. Uh, good camera and uh, stunt double work here, though. Yeah, uh, very good. Yeah. You can just about tell that there's there's other people involved, but uh, they, they do a good job of not showing anyone's face other than Martin Mulls. In the Spellman dining room, all is going well. The baseball player has even made a delicious pie for dessert, which is going to be what ten minutes. However, suddenly there's an explosion, and it's Ali and Amanda who got past Sabrina's defenses and turned Harvey. Into a Le Petit Chien. Yeah. Yay! Do you mention she bricked up the? Uh, yes. she bricked up the bedroom. Yes, and they uh, yeah well, they blew it up and he he runs away. Yeah, I mean when she bricked up the bedroom, I literally I, I thought to myself, it's like you've just put in two of the horriblest little girls in with your boyfriend yeah. and brick them up into a room. Yeah. What are you playing at, Sabs? She's riddled with naivety. Yeah, evidently. So, uh, so little Harvey runs off. Uh, he chases Salem, who in turn is chased by Sabrina. In an effort to get rid of a meal, Ali and Amanda set his arse on fire, and Marigold magics in a watering can to put it out. 
But the sudden appearance of it has spooked the poor man. Marigold asks Sabrina for advice, so she just tells her to be honest and herself. So she tries to be, only once she smashes a glass bottle that contains the shrunken plumber. Uh, she confesses that she is a witch, and he responds accordingly by running away, just as the baseball player brings in a nice tray of decaf. Yes, he does. I mean, there's a lot to unpack in this sequence. I did. I, I rushed through it then in my, in my I, vocals. I... There. I, I... Loved, but kind of felt bad for the cat. I loved an actual animal yeah. chase going on in uh, in uh, Sabrina. That was nice. Very reminiscent of uh, of Scooby Doo chasing the monsters, and you going in and out of all the doors. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, the the cat, the cat, and the dog chasing seemed more casual than when the cat, the real cat, was terrified of that flamingo. Oh my goodness! Oh heavens! Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. There's a. Oof. When they sort of restaged a Godzilla film, yeah. <laughs> and Godzilla yeah. and the cat as uh, the people of Tokyo. Um, but, but yeah, so so that they're running through the house under tables, and all the meanwhile, Emil and uh, Marigold are lovingly just still being interested. Yeah, in each because other. they all get under the table, the cat, the dog, and Sabrina, and it starts shaking. Emil originally goes to hold the glasses down, but then their eyes meet Ooh. and their hands touch from across the table. Oh, it's beautiful. When Melissa Joan Hart comes out from under the table, she nearly legit loses balance and corpses big time as well, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> so she runs, so they're running through the house, and uh, yeah, uh, Ali and Amanda sort of just poof some magic, and he says, Oh my god, this, this wine has gone straight to my head, I feel so hot. And uh, yeah, his, his poor bottom's on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets spooked out, and he, and he leaves, which is good because. Rightly bloody so. I mean. You've got a cat chasing a dog and a human chasing a a, a cat chase no a dog wait what you've got a dog chasing a cat and a human chasing a dog which is weird enough as it is you had a, a live chicken at one point mm-hmm. that you think you might have seen then your ass gets set on fire you've got Steve Sachs bringing in some you've coffee you've got Steve Sachs bringing in coffee you get shrunken down and put into a bottle which again character relevant because yeah. you used to put people in nice jars. consistency yeah nice consistency there you know like the corn batter uh, and then uh, you smash the he grows and then uh, I'm a witch fucking bail <laughs> I don't, fucking bail I don't blame him for, for bail it's amazing though like it's the first time is it the first time anyone's ever actually sort of left the scene having witnessed witchcraft and not been like dispelled <laughs> of, of, of their of their of their notions that they've just seen magic. Like either they explain it away or they use a spell to make them forget what's just happened. They have dire consequences, guys. Because why why is Sabrina concerned for for Marigold now that uh, she's confessed that uh, she is a witch to a mortal? Because if he blabs to anyone, she loses their powers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Banished. She can't yeah, go back. Can't go back. Which uh, didn't realize was the rule. No. No. But now a nice bit of hashtag realm building, though, in terms of the witches community as a whole. It's it's a lot more brutal, I guess, the witches council here. Their discipline is just, if you tell someone and they blab, you could risk not being with that mortal, and you've got no magic at yeah. all. So you could no, just you be... you and your family don't have any Yeah, magic. that's it. You and your immediate family have got no magic, yeah. and potentially no family, and no one to look after you. God! But if they have to keep it you know, under wraps, as they have done for millennia, it seems... That's the way you need to be yeah. to anybody who anybody who breaks kayfabe, you know. Yeah, but um, if that is the rule, okay, and uh, you uh, back in back in the uh, you know sixteen hundreds Salem, whatever, whatever that happened, and you told someone that you were a witch, and then they blabbed, you would have lost your powers, and then have been tried as a witch. So of course you'd die. Oh my god, it was even worse back then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> I mean, I know we go back there quite often and we've tried to explain different things away. I mean, you know, being drowned, oh, you could just turn yourself into water. But now, if you've told someone or you're found out as a witch and you actually lose your powers and then you get sent down to drown, you've buggered. Wow. Yes, I was a witch, but I'm not anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Sabrina tells Marigold to go after him before the secret gets out. Otherwise, they'll be banished from the other realm and they'll lose their magic. And nobody touched Wood because that's exactly what happens because he's apparently talked to someone. Oh, and Harvey, he just turns out he's just chewing a ball on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's little doggy Harvey. He's oh, little just... doggy Harvey there gnawing on a tennis ball and then they all, all they, they lose their magic and everything turns back to the way it was. Like the swing set turns into the armchair. Mm-hmm. Harvey turns from a dog into Harvey gnawing on a tennis ball. He's gnawing on it for a while before he realises what the hell is this in my yeah. mouth. Nate Richards... Uh, Dog acting, oh. whilst not quite on Bob Dogman levels. No, no, um, it is no Bob Dogman. Is is very, very funny and very good. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, in a jail cell, yes, that's right, we're moving to a jail cell, Willard and Carlton are getting on like an arse on fire. But that's not important right now, because back home, Marigold is struggling to operate a lamp, and Harvey runs after a ball that Sabrina threw at him in hilarious fashion. Just realise Willard and Carlton, Will and Carlton. Oh! 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 Possibly a reference. Yeah. Possibly. Oh, and they do, they, do, they do end up in a jail cell. They do, um, yeah. Yeah, with a man with a magnificent singing voice um, yeah. in one early episode of The Fresh Prince. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so they, they bond and over yeah. their love for Doris Day, is that right? Yes. And then that we get an abrupt cut. We get an abrupt cut sort of um, in a scene or so later. But yeah, they we, we cut to Hilda and Zelda in a little bit talking, saying like, oh my God, it's our fault they brought together. And you can hear... Mr. Kraft and Carlton chatting, and then it's just abruptly cut. There's, yeah, like o- like oddly cut. Like well, you can no. definitely tell that something's missing. Uh, well, certainly in the next scene where Hilda and Zelda return home and they're they're, they're furious, and I, I I genuinely I ask you to pause it and go, have I missed something? <laughs> One can assume that they were singing a Doris Day song together. Yeah. That obviously, for copyright reasons, couldn't make it onto the DVD. So, yeah, if if, if you remember this uh, this episode or you have access to the the transmission version of this episode, do let us know because I think I'd hazard a guess it was a Doris Day uh, song they were singing. Mainly because that's the last thing we heard them say. They could have had a longer conversation about music, which led to them singing somebody else's yeah. song. Yeah. We don't we don't know when it cuts, but yeah, seems like they were they were singing and getting on and. I've got this image where one of them's got their arm around the other and they're just swaying and singing yeah. Yeah. together. Yeah. Or it could have been completely different. Mr. Mr. Graff could have killed Carlton, maybe. Yeah. And there was a very sort of gory, uh, brutal uh, scene inside the jail cell and they were like, oh, God. oh yeah. Or they could have got decision. it on. There could have been some more and more action. Yeah, they could have been fucking, you know, anything. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. Anything could happen, you know. If it doesn't, if it doesn't uh, go down well with an audience, they're not going to put it on a DVD, no. are they? No, exactly. <laughs> Just as everything looks bleak, Emile returns because he can't stop thinking about Marigold. And considering that she no longer has magic, they'll both live a hopefully happy and fruitful life together. No. It's sweet, but also she's no longer a witch. Yeah. And that's wherein lies my my issue. Yeah, so she sacrificed her lineage, her uh, uh, right as a witch, to be with a man who... Who knows what that relationship's gonna? If... He could be a total prick, and he's lost nothing, and she's lost everything. <laughs> yes, it's not not remotely equal. She has to spend her remaining days, years, actually, 
decades at most, mm. in the mortal realm, raising two horrendous little brats who have been used to having everything they want and now can't. I feel so sorry for that woman. I know. So, ah, oh, it is appalling the way that the Witches' Council treat their witches. And as well, Emil, he's divorced. The reason they were divorced could have been his fault. Yeah. Could have been anyone. He could have just been a weirdo. He, he could have been a hitter. He, uh, who knows? He, he, Steve, he, Steve Sachs is a hitter. Steve Sachs is a hitter. Pitch hitter. He might not actually be divorced. He just might tell everyone that he's divorced because oh he my actually God. murdered his wife. Or, or he could just be a... Uh, a bigamist. A bigamist, yeah. yeah. God. He <laughs> anything. Could... Anything. Pray for Marigold. I do like, though, how a plumber has ended up with... Marigold. Uh, Marigold. Marigold yeah. gloves, yeah. I think it's really, yeah, really cute yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah, really yeah. fun. Uh, the credits roll and Marigold acknowledges that she is happy, even without magic, for now at least. And we're happy because we get another family secret clue. Yay! A poorly cut out heart. And yes. this one doesn't say Happy Valde Sab on it. Happy Valde Sab. No, it says just nothing. It's just, he says, have you ever tried to use a pair of scissors? They're barbaric, they are. Yeah. So it's quite funny. The woman can't even open up a jar. She can't open up a jar, but Sabrina can, Sabrina though. does progression, progression, progression. Yeah. Progression! You know what we're going to say? One for the jar. That's what we're going to say. <laughs> yeah, the, the writer of Sabrina finally acknowledged that women can open jars. <laughs> well wow. done. It's taken two seasons... It's taken well, two and a half seasons, 50, 50 episodes at least. But yes, women, particularly witches, can now open. Jars. Oh, that's true. She might use magic. Oh, so maybe they've not actually established that because Marigold is immortal, can't do it, and then Serena's a witch, does it? Oh, oh so no. witches, witches can open jars, but just pathetic, weak-minded mortal women can't yeah, open we, jars. Ne- nearly added a point on for progression there, but that's been choked off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> never mind. That's out. Yeah, bye. Just then, Emil, his two sons, and guest Three star sons. Frankie... Oh, I was going to say guest oh, star. All right, sorry. You do that again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm three sons. <laughs> so just then, Emil, his two sons, yes, Chris, and guest star Frankie Muniz, uh, they enter the kitchen and instantly fight with the Wiccan girls and cause a ruckus. A very young Frankie Muniz here, guys. Yeah, you might say at this point in his, uh, his life, he's not so big. Um, yeah, also, yes, he would go on to be Malcolm in the Middle. He'd go on to be Agent Cody Banks. Uh, and Make Paul Giamatti's life hell in yeah. Yeah, yeah big, big, fat big fat liar, and then he's going to be a extremely unsuccessful racing driver. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. you could say this is peak Frankie Muniz. Yeah, before it all went downhill. Um, speaking of going downhill, all this uh, this uh, end credit was supposed to be a backdoor pilot for a spin-off entitled "Spells Trouble." No, no, it wasn't. They Go did. Again. They apparently, what? allegedly, tried. So there was going to be a spin-off sitcom featuring Emile Marigold. And all the kids about... Uh, I'm, I don't quite know. I, I guess obviously the girls are without magic. I don't know whether they'll get magic to some degree, but I guess it's them adjusting to mortal life as a big family. Wow, that, that shows, doesn't it, how how on top of the world uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was at this point in time, that they felt confident that they could, you know, that they could do a spin-off. And it's like a spin-off of, you know, if it was a regular character doing, you know, say a spin-off about... Mr. Craft, or a spin-off about Libby, or or something. But the fact it's a character we've barely seen, and you know, played by a different actor. Last time she was uh, she was here as well. Yeah, it's very strange that 
what I do like about that idea is it's a spin-off with again a non-traditional family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd I, I like to think that was them reaching out a little bit further. Yeah, two divor- two divorcees with uh, their own children uh, coming together. Yeah, because because I think I think I think the new Marigold I think was was very good. I liked I liked this new sort of version of her, and I thought her and the, and the kids particularly I think would have been a great chaotic, horrible, rude uh, sort of counterpart to. The, the bratty children could have and, been like uh, bringing down the house. He could, yeah, and and a, and a meal as well. I think I think he was he was a great uh, part of this episode. I think great actor in the, in the show. So I think yeah, it could have worked, but uh, yeah, it uh, yeah it didn't get picked up. So they tried it again. Uh, apparently, in season five. Um, Amanda just uh, just Amanda is is there on her own, living with Sabrina for an episode. Um, so yeah, so this the, the the first of two attempts to get spells trouble uh, off. Yeah. Can you imagine though if it did get picked up, would we have Malcolm in the Middle? We if would, it, if it, it was successful, it if if spells trouble was successful, would we? How got... far away from Malcolm in the Middle season one? Are we about a couple, two, three Ooh. years? No, no, two thousand. Two thousand. Certainly, BBC um, only started airing it yeah. in two thousand one. I can in fact tell you that the pilot was released on the third of September two thousand. But the rest of season one aired from the 13th of April 2001. There okay. we go. There you go. And also, of course, featured uh, another ex-Sabrina guest star, Brian Cranston. He did, yeah. yeah. Did he get his legs out on that episode, do you reckon? Uh, actually, he did on the in the pilot. Uh, in the pilot, Lois is shaving Hal's back. And right. he is, for all intents and purposes, holding a newspaper in front of his privates, yeah. as far as my memory recalls. There we go. Just comes out and says something. He just fucking Kim, knows it. Kim Possible, charmed, Malcolm in the middle. Nice. You're just riddled with facts, aren't you, Chris? Well, there we go. That is the end of episode 16 of season three, entitled Sabrina the Matchmaker. Boys, was this a match made in heaven or hell? I'd say middle ground, really. Match made in purgatory. <laughs> Match yeah. made on earth, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, did, did we enjoy the episode? Because we were a little bit... Because uh, you in particular, Graham, you said there were parts of this episode that sort of chapped your ass a little bit. Yeah, just, just the fact that, I don't know, because we do have two romances mm-hmm. that we do deeply, deeply care about in Sabrina and Harvey, who were featured in a comedic and funny, but, you know, completely comedic way. And and again, Willard and uh, Zelda, who were featured, but in a in a comedic way, and yeah, it's just kind of you know we've had some good romantic moments in this series and even this season so far. And it was kind of sad that there wasn't any of that, and there was a point where I think the zaniness was wearing a bit on me, and I think the calming presence of Steve Sachs really brought me back down <laughs> to earth. I think it re- I think it really helped. So thanks, Steve Sachs. <laughs> thanks. Well, every time we reach the end of an episode, we like to review it on a certain uh, on certain levels. They are magic, wit, creativity, and progression. So boys, first of all, how does this episode, Sabrina the Matchmaker, work on a magic level? We have uh, characters losing their magic permanently. Yeah. yeah. So we've got the loss of magic. We've got Harvey being turned into a dog. We've got a brick wall. We've got... Uh, are we calling Salem's hair growth a magic? No. no. Okay. I think I think ma- magic magic was very low. However, the the threat of or, or or at least knowing how valuable and important magic actually is, and the fact you can lose it from, from just falling in love with a mortal. No, 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 not falling in love with a mortal. Oh, just blab. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no love in it. Blabbering. Yeah. Unless it's on the uh, specific day where you can tell a mortal. So yeah, magic. What two? 
Yeah. Yeah. Actual ma- in terms of actual magic. Yeah. What about wit? Um, I'd have to uh, uh, Carlton and uh, Willard's uh, interactions. Um, I thought that uh, Harvey chasing after the ball was funny. Oh yeah. Um, but I think like Amanda was underused in this episode. Yeah, I she, found, she I was... found her very funny the previous two times she's been in there and she I know she's a little older now and obviously they've introduced a little sister so she can sort of take over sort of like the, the more sort of like little brat kind of role. But yeah, even so like yeah there was there wasn't enough there wasn't enough of the of the kids schools and chaos. There was yeah. a bit of it but not enough of it. It's as if they were saving that for the the pilot the proper yeah, pilot for for the spin-off which yeah. is a shame. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good episode but not necessarily Laugh out loud. It was enjoyable, but not uh, particularly funny. Yeah. Well, the 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 one moment where I did laugh out loud was 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 Harvey chasing the ball. Yeah, and yeah. that and that was that was very funny. But that was down to the performance rather than yes. Actual, yeah. So, so two again. Two again. I'd say. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what about creativity? We got a new piece of set. We did. Yeah. Uh, we 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 got a. Uh, a love story in there, the, yeah. the, the meeting of the two realms. Le, le Petit Chien, yes, fighting. That was quite nice. We got some good um, invisible split screen stuff with two yeah. Martin Mulls and the, and the fight. Uh, we got a wonderful chase scene. We got a, a Red Sox player. No, not just a Red Sox oh, player. sorry. Yeah, Steve, Steve Sachs and his badly broken jaw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would probably... Look, three... I'd I'd say three, yeah, three. Yeah. three. But what about progression? Well, we found we found out just how brutal the witch's council can be. Yeah. We found out the true consequences to letting uh, a mortal know what what's going on, basically, mm. to outright telling them and not doing anything to prevent them uh, going and blabbing. That yeah, you're just cast out, and uh, once 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 the once the secret is out to a mortal, you are not a witch anymore. We knew that they were very strict, and they did everything they could to discourage it and make you pay for using your powers um, inappropriately. But yeah, it was a very... Real, like, hard-hitting... Yeah, harsh, stark um, precedent was set now. Mm. Um, so I think that was quite a bit of progression. That was a bit... Yeah, we, we... we have uh, an almost openly accepted homosexual couple. Yeah, yeah, that's, progression. yeah that's progression. We uh, got, obviously, we... the heart at the end, the clue. Yeah, we got the clue at the end. And we got um, Sabrina opening up a jar. I would say, just because of the whole mag- lose your magic if you blab, it's pretty big news. I'd go to say a four. Yeah, four, four, four. fair, 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 fair. Four. So, uh, all together for episode 16, Sabrina the Matchmaker, what does that give us? Human calculator, Christopher Evans. 11 out of 20? Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't particularly funny, wasn't particularly creative, but uh, hey... It was a pretty good watch, eh, boys? For a Valentine's Day episode, especially. Would you like to know what episode 17 is, boys? Uh, Usually. If you don't say riddled. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 17 of season 3 is called Salem the Boy. Is this like a Pinocchio scenario? I'm a real boy! Does Salem get turned into a real boy? I don't know. Is that that your guess, Christopher? He's a pretend boy at the moment. (laughs) He's a cat, but you know what I mean? He's like, Salem the Boy... Oh, no, this is my guess. We time travel to when Salem was actually a boy and Sabrina has to aid Salem in discovering something about his own magic before he becomes a cat. Before he gets imprisoned and the rest of the cast have to answer a set of questions to free him. Yes. (laughs) What a surprise. Uh, Graham, what about you? What do you Um, think? Yeah, I think there'll be a a time travel aspect. I think it could be the, the... 
I think they could steal our thunder and do some legit Salem origins uh, here. Um, so perhaps, yeah, perhaps they go back um, to see Salem as, as a boy, maybe because the Saberhagens and the Spellmans have some history together, which may allude to the family secret. Chris, you were kind of, on, on your first attempt, but he's, he doesn't become a real boy as such, he becomes a boy. Because uh, Salem the boy is all about Salem wishes to be a human for a day, so he turns into Gordy and tries to take over the world. Yay, Gordy! Gordy! Hey, Gordy! Long, you know, we moan about Libby not being there, but God. But this is, it would be the last, the last appearance of our Gordy as oh. well. Oh, at, least, at least he goes out in style, yeah, having a featured absolutely, role. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so, so, and he, oh. he, uh, he becomes friends with Libby and Mr. Craft, and they try to take over the school, then the town, and then the world. Awesome. There's another reoccurring character, another returning character, sorry, who is the one responsible for, for granting this wish. Who Roland. do you think could be making a return? Roland. Hey! Roland, in his new job role, uh, makes a return as well. So, yeah, I can't wait for next week. It's going to be a uh, a hilarious one, hopefully, and uh, definitely a sad one. Anyway, my name has been Phil Dean all the way through, and I hope you have enjoyed it. I've been joined by my bestest friends. First off, a man who I consider a, uh, a, a, a brother. A brother, well, someone I can trust. It's Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you, Graham. Thank you, uh... Fool, trusting me. <laughs> Jesus, mate. Does oh, Jimmy know this? And someone who I I uh, see as a Le Petit Chien is uh, Mr. Chris Evans. Thank you, Chris. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, boys, people can uh, get in contact with us on a variety of different ways. Where can they uh, reach out to us if they would like to? Okay, well, you know, if uh, you want to go on uh, Facebook, um, you know, we put in Spree and the Teenage Watch and your little search thingy at the top, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come up there. Um, if you uh, want to uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter, we are at Sabrina Watch. If you want to send us an email... I mean, why wouldn't you? Why would you not? Hit us up on uh, the old electronic mail at sabrinateenagewatch at gmail.com. That's sabrinateenagewatch at gmail.com. Excellent. And uh, the, uh, what, the there are two ways that you can help uh, help our show. Uh, first of all, if you go to iTunes and find our show and give us a wonderful five-star review, it helps us build up the charts and get our show into more people's ears. Uh, and there's also, uh, obviously, we've been mentioned that uh, we have invested in some new kits that does come at a bit of a price that we don't mind paying for now, but if you would like to donate anything towards this show to help go towards it, that would just be incredible. You can go to our website, which is www.coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Just donate anything you would like there, uh, as small or as big as you would like. It will really, really help towards the future of this show. Well, boys, it just leaves us one last thing to say. And that is, may every little thing you do be magic. magic.